Big David, my friend, welcome to the Justin Aguirre podcast. Justin, thank you for having me, brother. I am flying high. I just got off this workout, so my brain is like at a hundred miles an hour, and I isn't feel just that, isn't that a good feeling, bro? Like you, you get a workout in, and for some reason, you feel like so much more alive, so much more energetic. This is a universal truth, bro. Like, why don't people see this, and why do they not want to work out? What? It's easier. This is the comfort that the what I like to say call the devil. Um, there's a book called Outwitting the Devil where it specifically talks about how the devil or the enemy will use anything in his tool chest to bring you down a level. So comfort seeking, relaxing, not going out, not working out, not exerting yourself are these little tricks and things that we've been conditioned to. But once you break through those lies and you hit a good workout and you're like, why do I always feel so much better? Well, that's the way life is, right? Hitting yeah. snooze button. Don't feel good. You feel a lot better when you wake up on time, right? Yeah, you yeah, eat, yeah. eat the proper meal. You feel better. You you, yeah. you create a goals list and you knock it out. You feel better versus floating through life, always being misaligned. It's no wonder why everyone always feels so foggy and so down. Yeah. But after that gym, that high life just feels great, right? It just feels so much better. There's like this, there's almost like this lie that like if I eat this bad food or if I skip this workout or if I just stay in my room, it's almost like this faulty pleasure that's so alluring. It's like, yeah, like I want to do that. Everyone can see like how that would feel comfortable, but yet in the end, it leaves you dry. And on the reverse, something like a workout, oh, I got to go sweat. Oh, I got to go eat that protein. Oh, I can't eat that fat. That seems like so painful, but yet it produces so much joy on the other end. So it's almost like the reverse of things. And you have to, you can't fall for the fucking lie. You know, that's the truth. I mean, that's just, a, it's it's the same reason why you see first generation uh, families get wealthy and they're always like, they built it. They feel so great. Look at what I've built. And then you have the, the next generation that's been handed everything. Yeah. And then they start to slip a little bit. Then that yep. third, that, that second generation gets it and they squander it and they yep. blow all the money. And it's like, well, what happened? It's like, you didn't work for it. There's yeah. something important about the work. Yeah. And that's what people, they love to be relaxed. You know, who doesn't want to sit and watch Netflix? That yep. was me at 17 years old before I started like working and all that. I would play Call of Duty, my headset on, eat popcorn and bacon and just, dude, I was a little bit of a skinny fat slob, you know? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I keep going on that pathway until it, Boom, life hit me in the face. And it was like, you got to get your stuff together. Yeah, bro. And that's the whole trajectory. And everything started for me in the fitness realm, which accelerated everything, was this home workout program called P90X. Oh, dude, what the fuck ever happened to P90? For everyone listening right now, to me and David, you know, if you did P90X, you definitely heard about it. But bro, go keep going. I just haven't heard that phrase in a long Everybody, time. Everybody, dude, there, there's like sequels to it and they're not as good. Like I have the original <laughs> and I got the other ones. Yeah. But it, it to this day, when, when all the lockdowns happened in 2020, man, I, I whipped that DVD back out again and I was knocking those workouts out because they're pretty, they're pretty slick. Yeah. But it's, it created such a discipline in my life. Because mm. I'll go straight to the beginning. My family came to America in the early 90s from Ukraine. Ukraine? And I, was, uh, I didn't know you were Ukrainian. That's dope. I was, uh, I'm American, bro. I was born in 94 and we came in 92. So yeah, I yeah, am yeah. Ukrainian, but like, you know, I don't I, like if you look at the arm of a lot of like Slavic people, they have a little um, a mark right here. Yeah. And that's like from when they got that. like injected from um, forget whoever has it. If you if your family came to America in like the 90s through Ellis Island and all that. 
they would have they got all these uh, shots and vaccines and stuff. And one of them left a mark on a lot of their arms. So if you see it, I think it's on the left arm. My wife has it. Uh, wow. Yeah, you'll know that they're immigrants. Dude, that's fucking cool. Anyway, sorry to cut you off. I didn't know you were you. Yeah. No, bro. That's freaking yeah. nice. I thought you were just like from Seattle. You freaking have nine generations back there. You're like Irish or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, how do we get this tan being Irish, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I got like some German in me. For, I'm sitting down. No one can really tell until like I went to the mansion mastermind with Wes Watson last weekend and all the guys didn't realize I'm six foot four and I'm 205 pounds and like I'm shredded, but I'm like big, like I'm imposing. Yeah. And so I'm like, it, when I got my first exotic car in 2016, I had to find an Audi R8 because Audi is made by Germans and I couldn't have a Lamborghini, maybe new ones now, like the SUVs, but mm -hmm. I couldn't fit in one of those, but I could fit in an Audi because it's made for big guys. So Dude, you're massive, bro. You're massive. Yeah. I have no idea. But bro. I tell people I'm just American because my Ukrainian is so poor and so bad. Only really my mom and my grandma can understand me. But yeah. like, if I go to like uh, any event, they'd be like, oh, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm just American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally, totally. I don't want to embarrass myself. Like, I feel like I know Spanish more than Ukrainian at this point, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's cool shit. That's cool shit. Anyways, but, to, to everyone listening to the podcast me and David uh, came in hot, man. And, and really I, I vibe with you because you're a coach like me and, and everyone that listens to the podcast knows I'm a coach and I'll, I'll interview people. I haven't interviewed people in a, in a while. I've just been doing uh, solo episodes, but you hit me up on IG and um, I knew we were going to have a, a really good conversation and I wanted to get to know you more, but I think, I think for today, for our audience, for our listeners, like I feel like there's something that you offer um, your clients and the work that you do that you can provide this audience, my audience, these listeners. Um, and that, and, and I kind of want to let it develop on its own, but I really like your spiritual take on, on fitness and nutrition. And I feel like not every coach like goes there. And there's only a few of us that do that. Um, that they sort of incorporate spirituality into their program, into their life. And I think that's fucking beautiful, you know? So could you tell me like how you got into the faith and, and how you incorporate that into your own program? Yeah. So I was born and raised in a Christian family. Mm -hmm. I, it's all I really knew. Like I, I, I've strayed from it and came back, strayed from it and came back, but I grew up in there because a lot of immigrants, it's just like there are a lot of, especially Ukrainians, they're all Christians for the most part. But I always grew up in church. And right when I was born, my mom actually divorced my dad because he was abusive. And I actually never was around that abuse, thankfully. My brother was. He was three years older than me. And my mom, thankfully, got rid of him. I was born without a dad around. Just my mom, grandparents, and brother in a low-income apartment. Because you know how immigrants are, they have nothing. So you tend to be on government aid. And the state here provides decent, you know, care for people who are just coming to America, yep. especially back then. And that's how I grew up. I have a father around. I only saw him three times in my life. And I say this because this goes directly into why I have faith yep. in God so heavily and why it's a big part of my life now. Because when he wasn't around, the first time I saw him was at three or four years old, somewhere around there, before I went to school. He came over to my house because he was a car mechanic. And my mom invited him over because he had some car, she had some car issues and she didn't have any money. So who's she going to ask? Her ex. Yeah. So he comes over and all my cousins told me he was a bad guy. He was abusive and all that. But 
I never saw my dad. So in my head, I was like, Ooh, dad, 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 dad. Mm-hmm. He comes over. He's sitting here on the couch. My mom's sitting on this other couch and I'm walking across and he's, he grabs me and I felt the energy of fear, terror, all of that. And I freaked out and I smacked him and then I ran to my mom and I didn't see him after that point up until 2018 when my grandpa passed away Whoa. and I didn't even recognize him. Like we're in the funeral home and I, or I was actually at the service before the funeral. So, or the burial. So I walk in, I walk past this dude multiple times and until some lady was like, Hey, that's your dad. And I was like, who, this is why I'm glad this guy was never in my life. He looks like Kevin from the office. Whoa. Big guy, balding, all of that. And I was like, I'm so glad this guy wasn't in my life. I wouldn't be where I am today if he was in my life. The thing is, what a lot of people don't seem to understand is that life will always hand you a different set of cards. You either take from the cards you're given and become a victim and complain your entire life, or you do what I did. And instead of complaining, I'm not having a father around. My mom was the one that instilled this very specific thing in my life. What she said to me is, Multiple times, you may not have a father on earth, but you have a father in heaven who's smiling down on you, who cares for you, wants the best for you, and he will guide you in life. So remember that whenever people make fun of you for not having a dad, when you feel like you don't have a father around, he is above you and shining on you. So that's why to this day, I incorporate God into my life so much. And the lion is actually a, if you look through the Bible, it is a caricature of God. The movie, The Chronicles of Narnia, and the books are are actually about the lion. The witch in yeah. the wardrobe, the lion is God, yeah. Jesus. The whole story is about Jesus coming to earth and dying for our sins. And um, it's even like the, the, the Hobbit, same thing, right? Yeah. So the lion was a big part of that. The lion and the tribe of Judah, it's huge. And so while I'm growing up, I've always had that faith background. And I always used that and always felt like God was watching over me. And so as I'm getting older, you know, how every kid wants to rebel a little bit, I'd always come back to the faith. The interesting thing is most kids without a father around tend to rebel and tend to go down the path of drugs, alcohol, a crime. Well, weirdly enough, because my mom was such a backbone in our lives and we had our grandparents around, I we ended up using all of that fuel and energy instead of being bad. We decided we were going to change our trajectory in life. Hmm. And so my brother actually passed away in 2019, a year later, and that was the last time I saw my dad. And that, that destroyed me. But the one thing was at that point, I already had a business. I was already successful. I already had one death in my life. So my brother passed away. That's the last time I saw him. And it was a bit of closure. And it made me even more happy that he wasn't there because that entire side of the family showed up this time and they were horrendous human beings, like horrendous. That grandpa on that side was like mumbling like weird things about the devil and all this weird stuff during the funeral. I kicked their family out of the event. And you can only do that type of stuff if you're extremely strong and you have a lot of mental toughness. Because imagine your mom is crying at the loss of her firstborn. She can barely focus. And then the family that she got rid of is there wreaking havoc. And the son came and handled business. This is how I handle everything in life because God's on my back. And he goes, you only, you, everything you have in your life is enough. Any problem you have, God will guide me through it. So my, my brother passed away. I had to be the rock in my life. When my grandma passed away, I had to be that rock. Now with my wife and my child and my future children that we will have, I am the rock. I am the one. And it is always God who is there every single time at the bottom, when it hurts, when I'm in pain, everything. 
when I hit rock bottom, who was always there? God is always there. God has always led me through it. I've seen too much in my life to go back on that. Yeah. God has used me through him. I, no one's even heard this, but when my brother, we went to go see my brother for the first time when he was laying in the coffin after they embalmed him before he went to the funeral house, we went to see him and he died hiking. So he passed away by himself. No one was around. He died hiking in an accident. So it took a few days for them to get his body and then take him to the funeral home. My mom got there first. And, um, and so we, we walk in and there he is. They did the best job they could get, get him to look good. Yeah. But God used me as a vessel to talk to my mom because she was in such pain. I didn't know where I was for five minutes, but God was talking from me to her saying that my child, things will be okay. I don't even know what the rest I said. I remember tidbits of it, but God has used me in so many ways. And for the longest time, as I grew up in this life, I always, for some reason, knew that there was a reason why I wouldn't have a father around so that God would be the guy. I didn't realize that having no money while growing up and wearing hand-me-downs for my cousins and going to Goodwill and all these discount stores and never having anything new or nice. It was all something to be used for God's glory in the future. What would I do with all of that strength? Well, I always just wanted to get through college and just have a normal job, put my head down like everybody else. Yeah. But God had different plans. I met my wife through my mom. She happened to meet her through mutual friends um, at a, at a, at a, uh, a Christmas party. Okay. And after meeting her, I was working at Starbucks as a barista finishing school. And I got a job working in downtown Seattle just after we got together, but she met me when we had nothing, both of us. She was just, she was also going through school. She was 17 and I was 21 and we got married pretty quick from there, but she had a friend and her husband was an affiliate marketer, which is what I still do to this day. This guy had a yellow Lamborghini, lived downtown in a penthouse. And I was like, yo, I want this in my life because I had just started this thing called network marketing. Uh, which introduced me to uh, entrepreneurship, which is just like, hey, you don't have to just work nine to five, like you can start a business. So my brain shifted from let's all be like, like sardines in a can and go to the bus downtown together. It went to, I could do anything I want in life. I just have to figure out what it is and then work towards it. So I ended up getting guided by God to meet this man and then put all this effort forward to work a nine to five job. And then after that job, I would work for another four or five hours a night on my business mm -hmm. until a year and a half later, I was able to quit my job and moved in with my mom, newlywed into a, into her master bedroom. And I was hustling day and night. And anytime people come to me and they say, Hey, how, what do I do to be successful? I laugh when they say they don't have four hours a day to devote to a business or get in shape or eat right. I'm like yeah. you must not want anything from life and you've had it so good. Yeah. Until the pain hurts enough, you won't change. Yeah. That's the truth. Ever, right? You see the same thing with coaching, right? Yeah. You, don't, you can't just convince somebody to lose weight. They have to want it. Yeah. Yeah. And they have to get so sick of it, you know? And most people yep. are like hanging out in between, you know, they're not really like uh, all in or all out. They're kind of just coasting. And so there gets to a point where they're just so fucking sick of it. And they're like, I have to do something. And it's usually yeah. something tragic that happens. You know, that's life, right? Until the pain hurts enough, you won't change. 
So most people, especially in America, have had it so good for so long. They're so jaded, but they're not working on their discipline. They're not working on the mental toughness. They've never had true suffering. They never had to go to the food bank to grab food, to yeah. get a coat to wear. They haven't experienced true poverty or true problems or issues. So that's why my faith is so important to me because I feel like God gave me the, all these tests to say, this will happen. Are you good enough to get out of it? Yeah. If God can feed the birds, put shade out for them to be underneath the trees. If the world works the way it does, why on mm-hmm. earth do we feel like putting our, sticking our necks out or trying that new business or trusting that person in a relationship? Why can we not also trust God to lead us through? We yeah. always think that we put our heads out, we're going to get hammered. Like that's life. You're never yeah. going to see any kind of success if you are afraid to take the leap forward. Yeah. And in everything I do, that's how it is. You have to stick your neck out. And that's why I am where I am today. Because when I did my, since started that affiliate marketing business, it gave me everything I ever wanted. But with that brought more temptation. Ever since I was 12 years old, my biggest problem in vice, it wasn't alcohol. It wasn't drugs. I've, I've, I occasionally would have alcohol. I don't anymore just because I don't care for it. Everyone has a vice, a problem, and a sin in life. My issue was someone introduced me to porn as soon as the internet was coming about. Like this wow. is like when dial-up was a thing. I'm st- I'm young to some people, but I grew up when internet was introduced. Yeah. So all of a sudden, there wasn't just magazines. It was the internet. Yeah. Yep. So that was always my one thing. And I remember when I was about 18 or 19, I pleaded to God. I said, God, take every- I'll do anything that you ask. I will avoid drinking. I'll never cheat on my girl. I won't do any of this stuff. Yep. Just give me the porn, please. I just, that's the one thing I can't control. That's crazy. And I, that's all I want. Imagine feel, that. What does it feel like to have an addiction that strong? Like, And the reason I ask that is because I feel like addictions are similar. You know, no matter what they are, they have some of the same characteristics. But I've never personally had something that I'm so attached to. Um, but what is it, it? Does it end up becoming something that not only you hide, but you justify? Because I got that vibe oh. when you said you plead with God. Like, it's almost like it, yeah. it, it becomes okay to have it, right? It's been so normalized. Yeah. That's the thing. The older I got, the more people would talk about it more openly. And you're like, ah, you know, it's just a normal thing. The guys would talk about their favorite porn star or whatever. And it's like, you do, I would have these like sleepovers with guys and we'd all just like grab the computer and like look at porn. Like it just became so normal. Like that was my one thing was I was overly sexualized, overly sexualized. But the interesting thing is, like, I lost my virginity. I've only slept with my my one wife. That's it. But I my brain was so wrapped up in sex, so nonstop that like it just ruined me. So depending on how you look at it, I lost my virginity to the internet. But like with the human, it was just my wife, and that's the one blessing I held on to was that. That's so me and her have an insane connection. But here's where it messes things up. Yeah, there's similarities with every single vice out there, right? There are guys will say. When they go to a any kind of party, event, whatever, they have to grab an al- alcohol. And then they'll always end up getting some kind of tipsy or drunk, which leads to overeating, which leads to yelling at their girl, which leads to problems. Always day, problems. Like shit. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it ruins them for multiple days on end afterwards, you know? Um, and so it's the same thing with porn. The thing is, it's so sneaky because watch what, ha- like OnlyFans girls, all the stuff that you see on Instagram, you open your phone, it's so normalized. So it just deteriorates your brain over and over and over again and whenever i get in an argument with my wife i'd run a porn whenever things would be good but i just didn't have time to like 
get with her and i'm like this is the effort it takes to be with her right now i'm just gonna knock it knock one out real quick go in the bathroom with my phone i do that's so that look you look at me right now i'm a good looking mofo look at my wife she is banging like in, in what world would it make sense for me to even bother with that stuff yeah it doesn't make any sense at all but the thing is i justified it because it's either the environment i was in with affiliate marketing everyone a lot of these guys like go cheat on their girls they go to like do yeah. whatever i never did but, but you were like, oh, this isn't even that bad. Correct. Pull it one level down. Yeah. But I finally, they like I went through. Too. They do that too, to a certain extent, even though they're doing physical cheating. It's like, well, it's just one woman, you know, it's not multiple yep. women. It's, I don't love her. You're like, there's always like this justification we do with the things that are skeletons. Always, bro. It's like, that's a, how it is. Thing. It's and, and if it's thing. not that. It's something else. Like everyone's got it. Like I talked about it to some guys and they're like, yeah, I watch it, but I don't really think about it that way. Like, yeah, well, you probably, it's like, once you go down the path of self-development and discipline and mental toughness, you start to pull these weeds out. Right. So for me, I don't care about alcohol. Like if someone offers me like a special wine when we're at dinner, I'm like, oh, sure. I'll have a sip, but I'm, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh my God. Yes. Finally. Yeah. I don't care. Like, I really don't care. Yeah. So, and I, and I never go out of my way to have any of it. But yeah. my, that was the one thing. And so I can never figure it out. Like I would plead, I'd like talk to pastors at church and they'd, they'd be like, oh, you could be my accountability buddy, but it's yeah. you justify <laughs> it always. Like you're by yourself. What are you going to, you're not going to go out of your way to call somebody for help. Right. Like the guy who has a problem I'm with about shooting up. to look at porno, bro. Like do something about it. You're not even in near me. <laughs> Correct. You're just going to be like, dude, you'll find a way. Like any right. crack addict will get their fix. They don't care. Exactly. The one thing about porn, which is so destructive, is not just the fact that it, it ruins your relationship with those around you. It's because it's such an easy thing that nobody can see. Nobody knows. No one, except for the FBI and Zuckerberg and stuff, you know? But like, <laughs> yeah, they know your history. So that to me was horrendous. And then in 2020, when I started going down this whole self development path, uh, when all the, all that, crazy stuff in the world happened. I was, I did 75 hard. I do it every once a year. And it got me down this journey of discipline of if I can work out for 75 days straight, twice a day, no cheap meals, gallon water a day, the works. Once you get to like the second half of it, you're like, dude, no one has an excuse. No one has any reason to not excel in life. If you can knock these 75 days out. But when I got off 75 hard, then my weakness was creeping back and it was like, hey, look at the porn again. Hey, do all this again. And I was like this again. And it's always this annoying thing. You'll convince yourself that it's a good idea in the moment. And then when you're done, it's they call it that post nut clarity. You're like, what did I just do? It's true, bro. It's true. Yeah. And it even feels like I, that I, food because I one of my advices is like overeating and shit like that. And it's like you yeah. stuff yourself to a point and it's almost like post whatever clarity with food you're like oh like post I, feast clarity yeah yeah something like that <laughs> and you're just sitting there and you're like you can't move and then you you start feeling shame and regret and you're like why you know it's all of the vices have similar have similar thorns bro they really do have you read outwitting the devil no i haven't i haven't yet but i know so it's it's exactly what you just said about the overeating one of the many tricks of the devil is overeating and gluttony and being overweight because you're clogging up your sewer system. Yeah. And he relates it to a sewer. If you clog up a sewer system in a city, you give it enough sewage, it'll work fine. 
just like the human body. When you start to overclog it, you run into an issue and you fix it, but then you overdo it. Now the city's overrun. It smells like it's disgusting. No one wants to be there anymore. That's the human body when you overeat like crazy. Um, I mean, you're slim. I'm slim. We're fit now, but we do do. I, I have to be careful as well because I yeah, do I, eat I, calories, I and even when I'm in a bulk, like it's yeah. our natural tendency to do that. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're training, you know, you just want to like you feel like you. At least me, I have to like replenish and, and grub or whatever, and it's like it's, it can yeah. be a lie as well. It can be a lie as well. It's the same. What, what's what? Cutting. That relates directly to what I just said about the porn. It's like, you will justify it. You're like, oh, I'm bulking now. Like, I'm going to eat the sucker. Dude, it's ever, it's 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 always that, right? Yeah. And so I stopped last year around this time, maybe even in June of last year. I was like, that's it. I'm done. Like, 100%. Like, I don't even care. And here's how I did it. And here's how I can help other people do the same thing if you want to yeah. quit porn, overeating, any of that. I'm sure. not saying you'll be free for your entire life because every day is a battle. You have to wake up every day and do what I'm telling you. And this is how I envision it. There's a movie called 300, which I'm sure almost everyone on the planet has seen. But there's a very famous scene in 300. It's the old Greek movie with Spartans and Persians and all that stuff fighting. There's King Leonidas. And the famous scene, if you look at the trailer, is when he says, this is Sparta. And he kicks this messenger and he falls down this pit, this bottomless pit. That is what I envision every day. The messenger is my addiction to porn. The messenger is my excuses for hitting snooze. The messenger is my wanting to overeat. It is all of these addictions. And then I have to kick that guy every day into the bottomless pit, destroy the old me every day when I wake up. And you have to develop this every time. It is. And every time you do it, you get stronger and stronger and stronger. So anytime that starts to come up and you start getting down that journey of self-development by getting a good workout program, getting a good nutrition program, and then stacking your wins every morning and creating a routine, then you're like, win, 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 win. And now from there, it's where do I pull out all of the weeds and problems and addictions I have and the vices? Then you go, oh, I'm ready to conquer my sleeping in. I'm ready to conquer the porn addiction. And I stopped not because I found a trick that was like pinch myself or tell my wife or whatever, because she didn't know until December, 2022. And I stopped in June, 2022. I waited six months before I was truly, I truly understood that this is how I do it. I would wake up every day. Anytime that I would feel the need, I would, I'd do this. I'd just go, I just killed the old me. Old me is dead. He's not here anymore. That mofo has gone. He's a little bit. This is the most weak and pathetic thing ever. Imagine, so what Wes Watson told me on one of the calls a while ago that reiterated it. He said, imagine there's a webcam behind you watching everything you do. How embarrassing is it if you got caught on camera just like just yanking it and looking at that? Just like, dude, do you do you really want that in your life to be shown? No, of course not. But it won't stop you. It was a funny little iteration oh, of it. Yeah. But anytime I think about this stuff, I'm just like, it's a test I'll overcome. It's a test I'll overcome. And after being able to do that every day and kill the old me every day, I stacked wins and wins and wins. And it became less of, oh, there's the thought again. Here I go justifying it. I'm like, nah, man, that's weak. That's old David. I envision the version of me I want to be every day. It doesn't matter how much muscles I have and the veins I have, the money I have. It doesn't matter. I'm always going to push forward. If I make a million dollars, why am I not making 10 million? If I have a six pack, why am I not reverse dieting and then cutting again to get even better six packs, get even bigger? 
That's how you have to do it. You have to set a vision so high, so far ahead that you only thing you can do is progress forward. Because every time we sit stale and don't want to move forward is when all of the gluttony comes back, when all of the sin comes back, when all of the temptation comes back. When your foot is off the gas, you are so much more prone to look back, look to your side and see what's around here. But when you're pursuing something, you do not look back at all. You're all forward, no fear at all. Hmm. That's mm. what like like when you got momentum going, you don't care about anything behind you, right? Like you're just snowballing down the hill. You don't care about the drink. You don't care about the food. You're like, I'm gonna eat this and keep going. I'm gonna eat this, keep going. But every time the comfort comes up, comfort seek, you eat, you get one fail, then two, then three, and then you justify everything else from there. Yeah, dude. It is such a it is such a, a spiral in either direction spiraling towards greatness and spiraling towards your own self-destruction really exactly is. and yeah. by doing the method that i telling you now i i helped one of my main guys that first started with me last year he hasn't drank if he drinks alcohol he's controlled but for most of this year until he went to this like wine country event he's he's relaxed with it now thank the lord he didn't go off the bandwagon it's like oh well i'm good enough now i'm at a place now where i can enjoy these things and not not binge or whatever, but he finally quit drinking. He went to everybody else, pastors, friends, like what, how do I stop drinking? And they would, he would never be able to make it permanent or last more than a few weeks. Wow. He went all year long, nothing, no drink, no nothing. He'd go to all these events. He's a big real estate agent. So like, he'd always be invited to all these places. And I told him the one thing is you're never going to avoid the alcohol. You're never going to avoid seeing girls on your Instagram that randomly will pop up on a random page. Like you're never going to stop seeing these temptations around you. Yeah. But if you create the man that you've always dreamed of being, you're chasing that man every single day and you kill the old you, the weak version of you, yep. when that stuff comes up, you are not wanting to do all of that. Hmm. All you're wanting to do is move forward. All you're wanting to do is chase the version of you. So when someone goes, Hey bro, here's, here's a, here's a, here's a shot. Want to have some with me? You're not going to justify it. You're going to go, why would I have that? And then if they make you feel bad and they say, oh, come on, bro. It's just one. You go, yeah, but I don't really don't care. You're not sitting there fiending for it. Like, nah, man, I don't want to go down this pathway and like, living in fear. You're like, dude, I, who are you even trying to get to drink right now? I don't even care for this. Like, what's the point? Yeah. Like, I'm going to go on a big, big extreme thing. Be like, bro, take this heroin right now. Inject it. Smoke it. Whatever. You're, most people are going to be like, what do you No. Why would I do that? How is that any different than the sin that's holding you back from chasing the dreams that you've always wanted? The porn, the overeating, the snoozing, the gluttony, the drink, it's all in the same realm. But people will always look at someone else say, at least I'm not a heroin addict. Yeah. But they're sitting there looking at porn and their wife is just like, why do you hate me? But they don't even know. Like when I told my wife that I finally was like six months without it and I was like, I've officially like, I don't care. Like when I see a girl walk by at the gym, if I look in that girl's direction or at her, I'm not looking at her in a sexual manner. I'm like looking at her, like what she's wearing. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'm not looking like the thing is, you know, internally when you're fixed. Yeah. So I can look at anybody, woman or man, and not go, dang. I look at the person and I'm like, that's a human being. They're wearing that. I'm not like, look at that body. Like, no. Yeah. And to truly understand that internally is when the brain gets fixed. And you're so focused on being the best version of you, you don't care. And so when my wife heard about it, she was like, I thought you didn't find me attractive 
because we'd go we'd go a while without doing anything like intimate and i was just like i was getting so much gratification by myself that it was like she's like is everything fine i'm like yeah "Yeah, things are fine and until she learned that she was like my mind is blown i'm like yeah imagine you finding that out now because i'm free of it so i don't have i don't need you to like hold me to some weird standard anymore because i'm free like you don't have to look you don't have to worry about me i don't i'm good but imagine all these all these women married to men who, who don't want to ask the question yeah do, are you addicted to porn because they don't want to hear the answer oh that's huge that's huge man i really sense like there might be something because this is something that you overcome and you know how to do it this might be something that you could help a lot of guys with um and even even with that question of how does how does a how does a wife even bring that up you know like maybe there's an organization where some sort of safety i don't know because i feel like that's true for so many relationships and they just it's not even the porn bro it's like what that can lead to you know like the porn is a gateway the culprit but it's like a gateway for so many other problems in their relationships well see this is what i'm saying like you should you should you and anyone else listening to this Read the book Outwitting the Devil, or it's an audio book on YouTube, which is actually pretty cool. You can buy it on Amazon or any podcast platform, whatever, but it's uploaded on YouTube. Just Google Outwitting the Devil audiobook. And it it's exactly that. They call it the habit of drifting. And once you're drifting, you're it's easier to continue to steal more and more and more, which is why you say it's a gateway. As soon as you start to compromise in the little, if the devil can get you to compromise in your wake up time, if he can get you to add an extra snack that you don't want to track until your coach like, oh, I'm not losing any weight. And you're like, dude, are you tracking everything? And you say, yeah, I'm good. It's like, but why aren't you losing any weight? What I'm telling you isn't wrong, but for some reason, and then they go, yeah, well, I'm grabbing this snack midday. And you're like, dude, that's like 500 calories. Like, obviously that's the deficit we want to get you in. Right. But it's all a gateway. So you cheat on the diet. You cheat on your spouse by looking at porn all the time. Then you always hit snooze on your alarm and you just continually L, L, L. You're stacking losses and you're becoming easier to convince to do anything. Yeah. And so the devil will keep you there. So as soon as I quit the porn, like clockwork, something else wanted to come into my brain. I'm at the gym doing squats. I look up and a girl walks by. I knew it was a girl's body. And my, my brain goes, just look. I'm doing the squat and I go, ha. I do another one. I'm like, F you. Like the, everything to me is a challenge now. I'm like, you can't get me off track. Like yeah. once you learn the tricks of the devil, you can combat the tricks and then you can go, that's the enemy talking. I'm owned by God. I have a mission. I'm here to help people. I'm here to grow. I have a wife, family, and no one can stop me from where I'm trying to go. You think something dumb like alcohol, like porn, like all of this is going to yeah, stop yeah. me from reaching glory and where I'm supposed to be. Not so fast. Because you know the tricks. Once you know the tricks, you can overcome them. What gives you the uh, the energy to to keep going? And I don't mean like sleep or nothing. I mean like the inner motivation, energy. Like what 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 is the fire that keeps you burning? Is it wanting to please God? Is it like I need to take care of my family? Is it like this insatiable desire for greatness? Like you get me like. I, I feel like anyone listening would be like, damn, like that guy's inspired, you know, why? And and not, and not that they can't get inspired too, but how do you stay so inspired 
and so committed to something every day in all these small acts over and over again, not for a week, not for a month, for years. And how are you in your head saying like, this is going to be me for life? Like, how, do, how do you do that? All three, God, family, and purpose. Because like I said, I had nothing. Then I had a lot. What started all of it for me? It was God and my mom telling me that I didn't have a father on earth, but I had a father in heaven. So I knew there was a God around me at all times guiding me. And so as I made money, I lost money. I did all the stuff like stories. We can go on for hours, but here's where I'm at because I've been through so much pain and suffering and hurt. I have been given a gift by God to not only spread the message and glorify him through my coaching, through my messages and where I'm going. But I was telling you earlier on Easter, this has happened more than one time, but every time it happens, it's more and more intense to me. Mm-hmm. Why I have so much energy? I'm going down to this altar call. There's this big conference and event. I'm going down to this altar call at the end of the service at night. And the entire time I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't want to be here right now. I just want to go home. I have to wake up at 5 a.m. Like, I'm very structured. I'm going down there with my family, my wife, my daughter. This guy stops me and he says, you don't know who I am. I don't know who you are. But I'm approaching you right now because God wanted me to tell you, don't stop. Don't quit. You have a story. You are going to reach thousands upon thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people with your message. You're going to save them from themselves and help them be better. Don't forget that God has ordained this and has blessed it. Just focus on it and be there. Amazing. And I was, I was like, dude, you have no idea. He's like, does that make sense? And I was like, this is what I'm going through right now. Because currently, as you're watching this in July of 2023, I still run an affiliate marketing business. And I have since 2016, I'm phasing that out because that was just, that business is a cash flow business. There's nothing you can sell on it. There's nothing there. It's just up, down, up, down, whatever. You know, it's not a real brand, but coaching, helping people get better. That is where I've been moving. And so what drives me, dude, I I run multiple businesses. I got people hitting me up 24 seven. Like they got problems here. They got problems there. Like they just want to waste my time. Just have a random conversation that I don't even know. Like there's always something, right? They'll troll me. They'll do whatever. Why I'm so hard headed is because I have a freaking mission. When God says, stay on this path, you're going to transform people's lives. I go, well, God, you transformed my life. I have no choice. You've given me this beautiful wife, this beautiful, healthy daughter. You're putting me in all these, all these directions in front of all these people. There's got to be a reason. He wouldn't give me this platform. We wouldn't be talking right now if God didn't say, this is where I want you to go. No, don't you freaking quit because you've come too far to quit. I have been convinced, trying to talk myself out of this so many times. I'll go through a week at a time and just go like, I don't want to do this anymore. There's just so much stress. Like my main business is having issues and now I'm not getting a client or all the clients I have are just like nonstop problems. I'm like, why are you doing this again? Like I have had so many problems and trials, but here's the thing. Every time it happens and you can go past it and go through the fire and through the pain and through the sucking, through the hurt. There's a famous little quote by Eric Thomas. He's a big speaker. He says, find your purpose. And when it hurts, when you're in pain and you just don't want to keep going, you have to say and look at who you, who that person is, the family member, who, who drives you, what drives you, what's your purpose and your goal? You say for them, I can, I will, I must. 
And for me, when I think about that, I say, when it hurts, when you're in pain, you just don't want to keep going because you haven't had a sale in, in weeks. When everyone seems to have left you, when all of a sudden you have a lot of haters hit you up and you're like, what is this all for? I can, I will, I must. Because when I wake up in the morning, I look at my wife laying there. I look at my daughter in the crib. I go, it is all for them. I am the one that God called through my story, through my background, through my pain, through the lack of a father around. Instead of being a little crybaby about it and complaining, God said, I'm sending you go. So when I wake up, my energy, freaking goosebumps, brother. When I got that energy, when I wake up and this morning, I had a rough night's sleep. And I'm like, I have so much to do before I go to Florida. I wake up and God's, God's like, get up. And the devil was like five more minutes. And I had this battle in the morning. It was like, sleep in or go, sleep in or go. I'm like, bro, this podcast with Justin. I got to hit the gym. Man, I got all this stuff, brother. Like no one. Dude, in my my, my uh, coaching program, Lion's Tribe, we have a private telegram and Instagram group. I go in there every morning. I go, I'm up. What are you doing? I'm up. What are you doing? Because I ain't, I ain't missing. I can't miss. So my mentor told me, Wes Watson, he said, just don't miss. As soon as you miss, everyone will see it. And I said, well, God doesn't want me to miss. My, my mentor doesn't want me to miss. People are waiting for you to slip. And you ain't going to catch me slipping. You ain't going to catch me slipping. You don't catch the lion slipping. He wakes up. He doesn't have a freezer chest full of meat from last week. He gets up and hunts every single day. And then what happens if a lion tries to tackle an elephant? Because that's all that's around is the elephant. If one elephant, I'm sorry, one lioness cannot do it, but there's one big elephant, what happens? They call on the other lions and lionesses to tackle that elephant. That's why you can't do it alone. You have to network. You have to share. You have to be around people. Like you and I said, how do you level up in life? You get around those in positions you want to be in. You can't hang around the losers of life. If you're a lion, you ain't hanging out with the hyenas. Hmm. If you're, here's a really interesting one. If there is a herd of sheep and one lion, that lion will lead the sheep. But if there is a bunch of, if there is a sheep leading and a ton of lion, the lion won't do anything. If you are that leader, if you are the one that can bring people together and lead them forward, you are unstoppable. And same with the people around you. You will elevate everyone around you. You have to be around those and then help others. That's what this life is for. So the fact that I can get ripped is something people can't do. The fact that I can stop watching porn and kill the vices is something most people cannot do alone. So the fact that I can do all of that, I'm teaching others and creating a movement and a freaking movement. That's what it is because God destined me down this pathway. So you ask what drives me? That's what drives me. My family and the fact that God called me by name and said, this is what you have to do. Now, are you up for the challenge? It'll be a wild ride. But see me in 10 years from now. Because I didn't, I couldn't envision this 10. If anyone asked me in my affiliate marketing business, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I say, shoot, I can't even see myself in 10 days from now. What's going to happen? Because you don't know, like, what if what if Facebook turns off? And you're like, well, there goes that platform. Let's try to hustle my products in this platform. Yeah. Like, that's not a business, you know? Like, being able to transform people's lives. Turn the internet off. I'm going to go down to the gym, go to the store, and find someone who is in pain and say, I can help you. Yeah, You can't do that often on the internet. That's true freedom. That is creating something special 
by helping others. God's going to bless that. And that's my trust. Fuck, brother. Amazing, dude. Amazing, man. I think... So glass of water's gone. You know what I mean? Like... Well, bro, it might be gone, but you 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 poured in, bro. You poured into me and you poured into to everyone, bro. So I want to thank you, bro, for for coming on, you know, today and, and dropping so much truth and and so much wisdom and 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 I think I just think inspiration, dude. You're very inspiring, dude. Very compelling, very authentic, and speak from your heart and so focused and so driven. And our world needs more men like you, bro. Appreciate you, dude. Same with you. You got, you're in such a position with a, with an audience, with people listening to you. Like when we first met, it was all online. We still haven't met in person yet, but we will. Yep. You inspired me because you were already coaching before I got into this industry. And I was looking at you, guys like Mike, all these guys. I'm like, man, they're helping change people's lives. Like I've, people have always asked me for years, like, yo, how do I lose weight? I'm like, yeah, when I have time, I'll tell you. But I never had time. You know, I'm always making an excuse, but. To be around people that are transforming lives it gives me fuel, it gives me life. I say, Justin can help others, Mike can help others, all these guys can help others. Truly, I can, but I couldn't do it until I freed myself yeah. of my biggest vice in the whole world. You can't, you the thing is, you can you can be a fake coach. Anybody can, but imagine like you go to a gym, you see the fat trainer. Come on. You see the fake guru on Instagram living in Miami with the fake rented exotic car and you're like selling course and you're like, dude, why have you only had the one car, but you only posted it like a handful of times and those ads have been running for years. You know what I mean? Like true authenticity will only come and only be blessed if you're actually providing value. And that's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. And that's what we're all doing together. Beautiful brother. Thank you, man. I received that. And uh, dude, let's let's get around too soon, man. Me and you on the podcast, and who knows, maybe one day in person. Oh, dude, I'm I'm moving to Florida, and you're down in Miami, so it's just a matter of time. It's a okay. matter of time. People watching this are gonna be like, oh yeah, let's hop on. Like a year from now, they're gonna be like, oh, no, these homies were just crushing a crazy workout on South Beach at Muscle Beach, bro. Let's go. <laughs> hey, we're gonna be doing some burpees, some pull-ups, man. It's gonna be. Oh, I do. Yeah, dude. Got visions, man. I got visions. I'll catch you, brother. Good talking. Yes, sir.